God loves you. Even though there are times in our lives where everything that is happening tells us the opposite. Everything that's happening around us, sometimes you just get caught in a moment where it's like, God doesn't even love me. I'm hopeless. I'm alone. You know, it's really, it's wild that you talk, it's not wild, of course it's Holy Spirit, but you, you talk about hope. And I wanted to talk about a time where I was hopeless in my life. I had no hope. That means there was not an ounce of me that thought that anything good was on its way. I don't have anything good now, and there's no chance of anything coming down the line. There's a lot of people that feel like that. You may feel like that today. God had promised me a family. He had promised me a son. And yet I could not find a wife. Anywhere. Nobody wanted to give me the time of day. And then there was this smart, funny, great person that told me I needed to call charity. (laughs) I was hopeless. And then I met my wife. And as we decided we were going to get married, I knew the song that I wanted her to walk down the aisle to. The chorus goes like this. If you could love someone like me, there's no end to the possibilities. Hopes and dreams push away the pain and regret, but loving you just lets me know there might be hope for me yet. Sometimes when I look back, I don't even know myself, and it blows my mind to think that I've found grace in someone else. And your grace is something else. You know, it amazed me and it shakes me to my core that when I think about my wife and the love that I have for her, that there's no better song than, than what those words said. And then I, I, I realized later in my life that, that it means so much to me because the love that I have for my wife reflects so much that the love that I have for Christ. Because if he can love me, there might be hope for me yet. I might have hope in a world that is telling me to be hopeless. I might have hope. Even when I look back, I don't even know myself. And it blows my mind to think that I found grace. At all. At all. But grace is someone else. Father, I'm just thankful for your grace today. I'm thankful that without you, without you I don't ever have to worry about because with you I have hope. With you I have eternity. With you I have the truth and the love. In Jesus' name, amen. Pentecost Sunday. Woo! I just want to talk to y'all for a minute. Just want to talk to y'all for a little minute. (laughs) There was a time, there was a time that Jesus had ascended. And he was not to be found. 
he was not to be found. And so they, they were left to their own devices. You ever been left to your own devices? Doesn't always go well. They were left to their own devices. Jesus had given them a command, had told them what to do. Now start doing it. And Peter took up the mantle of his, his leadership and, and, and his organization and started to become the, the man that he was supposed to be, the disciple that he was supposed to be within the ministry. But they had a decision. They had a church meeting. And they had something to do. They had to replace Judas. They had to replace Judas. And this is before they had received the Holy Spirit. So this is how they did it. If you have your Bibles with you, I hope you do if you want to stand for the reading of God's Word, starting in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 21. Before I read this, I want to say that immediately when Jesus ascended, what did the apostles do? They went back and they began to pray. They began to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. They devoted themselves they devoted themselves to prayer. Starting in verse 21, So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out amongst us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which one of these Two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated. So what did they do to decide? Did they pray and wait for the Lord to speak through someone? Did they, did they pray in the Spirit? Did they pray in the Spirit? Did they have the, the Spirit interceding on their behalf? No, they couldn't do any of that. So what could they do to make this grand decision to, to elect a new apostle? They cast lots. Come on, seven, right? They rolled dice to figure out who was going to take the lead. They gambled. They gambled. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. What do you want to do? Draw straws, I guess? I don't know. They gambled. Man, how crazy is it to think of your life? If you did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, every choice, every word, every thought, every action is a gamble. It's a gamble. With, to live a life without the Holy Spirit, to live a life without the Holy Spirit living inside you, convicting you, interceding on your behalf, dwelling inside you, your life is nothing but a gamble. It's a gamble. You're sitting there for your eternity rolling dice, hoping it lands. I'm not that lucky. I'm not that lucky. I cannot depend on my own luck, because if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. But you know what I can depend on? The Holy Spirit that dwells inside me. 
the Holy Spirit that dwells inside me right now. Because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Can you imagine when the Bible says that you need to pray in the Spirit at all times? If you were like, yeah, that's great. I just, we don't have the Holy Spirit. I guess you're out of luck. You're out of luck. I don't know what to pray right now. I, I, I want to talk to the Father. I want to talk to Him, but I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what to do. I wish I had a spirit, an intercessor, to intercede on my behalf and speak to the Father for me, to just say, Brent, I got this. Just let me talk to you about my friend here, my son here. Let me talk to you about him. Let me talk to you about what's going on with his life and what he needs. Man, how scary of a, of a gambling life it would be if we didn't have the Spirit of the Lord interceding on our behalf. Interceding on our behalf. You have the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, you have the Holy Spirit talking to God the Father for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I like that. You know what? I'll take me and Holy Spirit against every dice thrown. That's not a gamble. That's a sure thing. I'm all about a sure thing. I, I, I just want us to know and really imagine there are two very terrifying times in history. One Incredibly terrifying. One, not as much. The first one are the days where Christ laid in a tomb. Knowing that he was your Savior. Knowing that he was Jesus, the Messiah. And then they killed him. And it's quiet. Nothing's happening. It's dark. The darkest days. The days of before, just the anticipation. Waiting for him to, to rise in victory. And at the same time when he ascends, waiting. Waiting for that Spirit of God. That anticipation, that moment where you're just waiting, waiting, waiting. I have lived a life. I felt like a lifetime in that moment to where I didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, but I was anticipating. I was waiting for it. I was, I was hoping for it. Everything felt like a gamble. Everything felt like a chance. Everything felt like it was just blowing by. Without, I had nothing, no control or grasp on any of it. It just I can remember that anticipation, that homeless, sick feeling, that homesick feeling, just waiting and just trying and knowing that something was missing until... The fire of heaven fell on me. You know, Angela did an amazing job punctuating today what's going on in our country and around the world. The body of Christ, the body of Christ itself is even having one hand point this way and one hand point this way. And it's breaking my heart. 
It's breaking my heart that I, you, you have this social media that you scroll and you see nothing but acute accusations and, and fault and blame. And, and, and every once in a while you'll get some love. There's, oh, there's some love. Oh, let me scroll through. There's love. Just a little bit. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, if the world, but, but more specifically, if every appendage, every hand, every foot, every finger, every follicle of the body of Christ's body got on the same page, what would happen? What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, expecting, expecting him to show up, expecting God the Father to show up, expecting the Holy Spirit that they didn't know what it was or what it looked like, but they were expecting. They were waiting and praying of one mind and one accord, the entire body of Christ. Now, I know it wasn't as big as it is, but they were together. One mind, one purpose, one kingdom, one God, one king, one savior, one Jesus, one. And whenever they got together and they were in one place, what happened? Pentecost happened. That's what happened. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the ability to just have the spirit interceding on our behalf at all. God, we are so thankful, so thankful that we don't have to do it alone, that we don't have to do it ourselves, that we don't have to feel lost, that we don't have to feel homesick. God, that you created a home for us. You're making a spot for us now, but your home dwells inside us because the living God of all creation dwells inside us. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We can't do it alone. We have to do it together. Somebody say amen. We can't do it by ourselves. We got to rely on somebody. Somebody say amen. We got to reach out for some help sometimes. Oh, no way. We got to reach out for some help all the time. And you know where my help comes from? From the Lord. Somebody say amen. Yeah, give him praise this morning in the house of God. My wife is my lighthouse in a stormy sea. My wife is my cool drink of water in a desert land. My, now, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but he just set a weird standard that I had to hold up to. <laughs> I do love my wife, though. Isn't she awesome, man? Isn't she awesome? I want to talk about Pentecost real quick. When people, when people hear the word Pentecost, they get all weirded out. People picture folks in skirts and people running up and down the aisles and whatnot. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you what Pentecost is. See, Pentecost is a Jewish festival. And it was the Jewish festival of weeks. And that's because it took place seven weeks after Passover. And what it represented was the beginning of the harvest. Pentecost represented the beginning of the harvest. It represented the beginning of the harvest in the physical. So why in the world wouldn't God use that as a representation of the beginning of the harvest in the spiritual? Somebody say amen. Because that's what it is. It's when the harvest started. In the book of Luke, in chapter 10 and verse 2, the Bible says, uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are 
So somebody prayed to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. But see, the workers that are going to be sent, they got to be prepared. The workers that are going to be sent, they got to be inspired. They got to be equipped. They got to be empowered. They got to be ready. And I tell you what, if it was not for the Holy Spirit of the living God that fell on us, we would never be ready. Somebody say amen. But I tell you today, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I ask you a question. Are you ready? Because we got work to do. There's a harvest out there that needs to be brought into the kingdom of God. And the harvest is out there waiting for somebody to go and collect it. And that job falls on you. It's like my brother said a while ago during worship. Each one of you has a purpose. Each one of you has a purpose in the harvest. Some of us are going to speak the word. Some of us are going to help heal the wounds with the Sabbath of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Man, some of us are called to different things. But it's all one purpose. And that's the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. I want to take you to a weird spot this morning. You have to stand up because I'm working through this really, really fast. I'm saying, I said you don't have to stand up. You can if you want to. Whatever. Whatever. You don't have to. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Book of Genesis chapter 11 and the Bible says this. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as the people moved eastward. Are y'all ready for this, man? I don't know if y'all are ready for this. As the people moved eastward, they uh, found the plain of Shinar and they settled there. And they said to each other, come on, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar and mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. So that we may make a name for ourselves. Not the, not the name above every name. Not, not, not that they want to put their name above the name. You ever try to put your name above the name? How'd that work out for you? I try to put my name above the name all the time, and every single time it blows up in my stupid face. Thank God. Otherwise, we'll be scattered across the face of the earth. But the Lord came and came down to see the city and the tower the people were building, and the Lord said, if these people speak in the same language and they've done this, then there's nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they won't understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them all over the earth and, and they stopped building the city. And that's why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them across the face of the whole earth. Can somebody say amen? You may be seated. See, they set out to make a name for themselves. They, they set out to make a name for themselves, they, they, they didn't want to worship God. They wanted to be the one that everybody worshipped. They, they didn't want to bow their knee before the living God that created them and breathed the breath of life into them. They wanted to build something that they could worship on their own. They wanted to make a name for themselves in the kingdom. They wanted to be somebody and be something and be the apex and be the beginning and be the end. They wanted to be the alpha. They wanted to be the omega. They wanted to be the one where the buck stops with. Man, they wanted to be all of it. And so God confused them and scattered them, not to hurt them, but to help them, not to destroy them, but to eventually save them look what we've done look what we've done we've built this whole thing so we can talk about how cool that we are all these scientific discoveries so we can talk about how smart and innovative that man is and all these great cities that we built so we can talk about the architecture that man has created and all these government systems because we can talk about how advanced and progressive that man is and look at it all crumbling around our stupid heads 
Look at it all crumbling to dust right in front of us. You know why? Because we are the ones that built it. We're the ones that built it. Why is God allowing all this stuff to happen in our world? Because it's a world that we built on our very own. And so God's like, hey, run with it there, buddy. See how it works out for you. See how it works out for you. We've taken God out of every aspect of our, of our lives. I mean, we have. You know, you know, people that come to church on Sunday and worship God, we're the weird ones. We're the strange ones. We're the odd commodity in the world. And a whole world has been built without him so that we can make a name for ourselves. So that we can make a name for ourselves. And the languages were confused and the people were separated. And that brings us to Pentecost Sunday, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. I like that part. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated. It came to rest on each of them. And they were all, all of them, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Did you hear what happened to the crowd when people started speaking in the languages that they began to understand? What did the crowd do? What did the crowd do? They came together. The crowd came together. The crowd came together. Utterly amazed. They were utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all those that are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each one of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jutes and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and all heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Let me tell you what it means. All of a sudden, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Babel is reversed. Babel is reversed. The tower of Babel got built. God confused everything and separated it. But now the curse that came down on Babel has been reversed by the power of the Holy Spirit that came not to divide but to unite so that all the people of God could come flocking to the Holy Spirit by His power and by His glory and by His might and by His peace. We could be unified under one banner that is the fire of the living God. Somebody say amen. People wonder why they spoke in other tongues that day. You know, this gift of tongues separates churches and people go crazy over denominations. It was to bring a unity that had not happened since the Tower of Babel. It was to bring a kind of unity by the power of the Holy Spirit that people could be drawn to because we have a purpose. And that purpose is to bring a unified body of Christ into preparation for the wedding that will take place when our Savior splits open that eastern sky and comes to get us in Revelation 19 and make everything okay. And that's what this is for. And that's why they spoke in other tongues. And that's why the power of the Holy Spirit came. To reverse Babel. To reverse Babel. And instead of scattering people away, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, people would come together. Come together. Yeah, give God praise for that, man. Come on, give God a shout of praise that we would be drawn to come together. Come together. Right now. Right here. 
by the power of God in this place. In this place. Even in a such as this come on the gospel never changes the god i serve never changes the mission that he's laid on our hearts never changes regardless of what's going on in the world around us it doesn't change no matter how dark it gets it doesn't change matter of fact the darker it is the brighter that a little bit of light shines can somebody say amen and the mission that you have on your life means even more right now it means even more than it ever did before, right now. You know why? Man, people are dying from a plague. People are being separated by all kind of crazy stuff going on in the world. We, the people of God, got to be steadfast. Somebody say amen. We got to be steadfast in our faith, steadfast in our resolve, steadfast in our love. How are they going to know we're his disciples? By how we By how we love. Come on, so do it, man. Let's do it. Man, let's go out and love like the world has never seen before. Let's love people that don't look like us. Let's love people that don't smell like us. Let's love people that don't talk like us. Let's love people that don't act like us, man. Let's love in a way that doesn't make sense to the world. And when somebody puts us down, let's just love them. And when somebody does us wrong, let's forgive them. And when somebody is out there acting crazy, let's pray for them. Man, let's surrender all of our pride and all of our, you know, misgivings and all the plans that we have for the stupid life that we were going to live at the altar of grace. And let's trade them for what God wants to do in our lives and then what God wants to do through us into somebody else's life. Amen? I mean, can we do that? Let's do it. Let's do it because here's the reason. Hey, man, here's the reason. Babel's been reversed by the Holy Spirit and this is the reason. In the book of Revelation in chapter 7, the Bible says this. After this, I looked. Say, I looked. Say, I looked. And there was a vast multitude. I'm not talking about a few. I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about a vast multitude. That means the job that we have is big. It's big, it's huge, it's massive. There's so many. The harvest is so plentiful out there. The harvest is so plentiful. Man, people are hurting right now. People need hope. People need the kind of hope that, that only Christ can provide. A vast multitude from every nation. Just Americans? Just Canadians? Just some other specific country? How many nations? Every nation. Right. All nations. Every nation. Every nation across the face of the earth, each one has value to the Lord. Each one. Each one has value to the Lord. Every nation, every tribe, every people, every language which no one could number. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Wait, church, that's the harvest. That's the harvest. That's what we're called to. Man, I love what JR said. I mean, we can't take none of this stuff with us, but we can take somebody with us. We can take somebody with us. I mean, we can take a multitude of people with us. And how much sweeter will the course of heaven be if they're there? Man, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but heaven won't be the same without you. Heaven won't be the same without you. I want you to go. I want you to go. I want every single person that can hear my voice, every single person I've ever met that I will ever meet, I want you to go. 
no matter what you've done to me, no matter what you've done to my family, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've done, I want you to go. I want you to go. I saw my life, my wife lead somebody to the Lord that has hurt her in a way that nobody else said that I could ever imagine could even understand. And I watched her lead him to the Lord. And if she can do that, if she can do that, then we can reach across whatever boundary that the world tries to put in front of us for the name. For the name. Not our own name. For his name. What's his name? Jesus. Come on. The name above every name. The only name by which we may be saved. The name that every knee will bow before. The name that every tongue will confess is Lord. The only name that has salvation built into it. That name. Man, the harvest is plentiful. And you can do it. We can do it. We can do it because we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're given every tool that we need to complete the task. Man, that's the harvest. That's the harvest. That's the harvest. Man, are you ready? Are you ready? Man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't want to lose any. I, I, I want to pray the same prayer that Jesus prayed. I don't want to lose any. I don't want to lose even one. Not one that I had the opportunity to reach out to. I don't want to lose not even one. And I don't ever want to be stopped by my own prejudices. And I don't ever want to be stopped by my own laziness. And I don't want to ever be stopped by the threat of persecution. I don't want to let anything stop what could have been. I don't want anything to stop what could have been. Man, I want to get this message out to every nation, every people, every tribe, every language. Man, to every single person that we have the opportunity to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to. Because that's what saves lives. That's what changes eternities. That's the only thing that will heal this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. And if you don't know it, if you don't know it, this is it. You guys can go ahead and come back up. I'm, I'm quick today. This is if you don't know it. That Jesus Christ is the culmination of Israel's story. Jesus Christ is the culmination of Israel's story. In the book of Genesis in chapter 3 and verse 15. Yes, I'm back to Genesis again. God cursed the serpent and he said, you're going to have animosity between this woman's offspring and you might strike his heel, but he's going to crush your head. It's been about him even since the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and everything that was made was made through him and nothing that was made was made without him and in him was life in him was life and that life was the love of all mankind was the light of all mankind was the hope of all mankind was the healing of all mankind was the redemption of all mankind was the salvation of all mankind and the darkness will never when I say never you say ever the darkness will never 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 overcome him. Can you say amen? So I don't care what the world looks like around us. He can't be overcome. John 16 and 33 says, take heart. You will have trouble. But I have overcome the world. Still true. Still true. 
still just as true now as it ever was. And we don't have to roll dice. We don't have to draw straws. He's a sure thing. And we can put our hope in Him. And we put our trust in Him. And when we do, when we do, we join that multitude. I want you in the multitude with me. I want you in the multitude. That if I can ever pry my eyes off of Him, because I probably just be staring at Him like this. But if I ever take a break, just because it's just too much glory, I hope I look over and see you.